0: Hey, what's up? I'm Christina Williams, founder of Girls Talk Sports TV, and this is Kicking It With Christina. Welcome back to Kicking It With Christina. I am super excited to finally be back here with you guys. I know, I know. It's been a minute. Took a little bit of a break at the conclusion of the 2020 WNBA season, but. We back, baby. (laughs) Now, the 2020 WNBA season is something that is special and will always be remembered, mainly because of the strength and unity of the players throughout the season. The WNBA dedicated its 2020 season to social justice. We saw individual players inside and outside the bubble, as well as teams within the league, launch initiatives that were centered around continuing the conversation and building momentum around topics like voting rights and suppression, race and equality, LGBTQ advocacy, uh, gun reform and criminal justice reform laws, and more. So I just want to take the time out to thank those who are fighting the good fight. I know that you women sometimes don't receive uh, the recognition that you deserve and often get left out of the conversations when we talk about who is leading the movement. And when I think about who's leading the m- movement is definitely the women of the WNBA. So just want to say thank you so much. Moving right along, if you have been living under a rock or if you are new to the WNBA, um, your 2020 WNBA champions are the Seattle Storm. Brianna Stewart uh, won the Finals MVP award after coming back from an Achilles tendon injury that sidelined her for the 2019 season. The Dallas Wings. At the conclusion of the 2020 season, announced that they will be relieving Brian Agler of his duties as a head coach. And so, right now in off season, we're just waiting to see who uh, gets that position for the Dallas Wings. Your 2020 WNBA League MVP is Asia Wilson. Candace Parker is your Defensive Player of the Year. Deer Kahambi, back to back, sixth woman of the year. And Our next guest, she is someone who was underrated, I want to say. She's someone who critics and media kind of glossed over in terms of rookie standouts. She's someone who wasn't even selected high up in her draft class. She is former UConn women's basketball player and your 2020 WNBA Rookie of the Year, Crystal Dangerfield. Crystal, first and foremost, thank you so much for joining me here on Kicking It with Christina. What have you been up to?
1: Uh, really just relaxing, you know, adjusting to life outside the bubble um, and then staying safe, staying healthy.
0: The WNBA successfully hosted a condensed 22-game season. At IMG Academy, where players' health and safety came first, players received regularly scheduled COVID-19 tests, and there were zero positive cases in the entirety of the season. Upon leaving that bubble and re-entering society, what's something that you realized in terms of the seriousness level and how people are
1: taking it? I had to realize, you know, that people aren't taking, you know, the virus as seriously as they should. Um, And, you know, keep my distance and, you know, just make sure the people around me are doing what they have to do.
0: Absolutely. The NBA recently concluded its own 2020 virtual draft. And in April, you had a chance to experience that with the WNBA virtual draft. Um, I was actually on Twitter scrolling through and I saw that you and uh, your teammate Nafisa both welcomed in Anthony Edwards, who was drafted by the Timberwolves. What advice do you have for the incoming NBA rookies?
1: just do what you do you know you're there for a reason do what got you to college do do what got you um to be in that position in the first place and knowing him he's going to come and be aggressive and really help out that team
0: now take me back to that night in april 2020 WNBA virtual draft
1: what was that experience like for you um different than i imagined it would be um first it being virtual and then just how the draft played out as a whole. I expected myself to go first round and I didn't. Um, So going throughout the season, uh, I carried that chip on my shoulders, you know, know, play my best, play as best I could.
0: You talked about having a chip on your shoulder because you were not drafted in the first round. What do you say to those people who underestimated you? Uh,
1: I didn't have much to say. You know, I let my game do my talking. Um, I went out there and most and foremost, I mean, first and foremost, it was that that chip on my shoulder, but I just wanted to prove myself right. That was a dream that I had since I was little, and I wanted to be able to go out there and say, hey, I was able to play and be successful in this league.
0: And you did just that, not only by receiving Rookie of the Year, but being the first player not drafted in the first round to earn such a feat. What does that mean for you?
1: It was a great honor because I said from the beginning that we had a great rookie class, um, yeah. a lot of great players, and um, – you know, I was fortunate to end up on Minnesota, a team where I could play right away and um, and be so much of a help. So I think that um, that's something I just want to build on going into next season.
0: And you mentioned that your draft class is a talented bunch. You have Sabrina, Kennedy Carter, Satu Saboli, just so many great players that were drafted this year. Did it bother you that your name wasn't in the conversations when people were talking about rookies that would stand out this season?
1: I mean, it did, just being a competitor, being who I am, it did, because I know what kind of player that I can be, um, but I knew it wasn't a secret why I wasn't, my size was a big question going in, um, but I said it all along, and just about any interview that I had, I didn't just wake up one day and I was this size, I've been this way all my life, and I've played and, uh, you know, held my own, that was really all it uh, boiled down to, so yeah, it was a little bit of a, an edge to go out there, you know, show, show what I can do.
0: In your first season with the Minnesota Lynx, you had to adapt really quickly and buy into Cheryl Reeves' system. You did not have the same transition as the other rookies in your class have had. You had to start as a point guard, and you received extended minutes on the floor. How are you able to quickly adapt to that system?
1: It's very hard. Um, I think it's underestimated because being a rookie coming in and there our wings that are in their third, fourth year. They're you know, veterans, like legit veterans, MVP, finals MVP. So it's hard trying to manage that, you know, get them where they want the ball, um, push pace the way your coach wants you to. So it was hard and it was really just learning on the fly and, you know, trusting trusting Cheryl to, you know, steer me in the right direction.
0: Now I want to pivot a little bit and talk about your college career. What was it like playing at UConn under Coach Ariema?
1: <laughs> it it's fun. When I can look back at it now and not <laughs> be in the fire of it all, it, it was fun. Um you know, I'm I'm anxious to see how that team plays this season. But I was talking through, talking to him throughout the entire season just about stuff that he saw, watching our games, um, and how he could help me still. And so uh, I was you know happy to with my career at UConn.
0: I remember reading in a recent article with Coach Ariema that he wants the players who have played under him at UConn to remember two things, the year before they got to UConn and the year after they've left UConn. So let's start there. The year before you got into UConn, what was your mindset?
1: The year before I got to UConn, I definitely knew it was gonna be hard, just that time Crystal did not know how hard it was gonna be. I felt like I had a whole bunch of experience and that I could do just about anything on the court. So I think that's what I think that's what I was thinking.
0: And now that you've left UConn, I know it hasn't been a full year, but you've already experienced your first pro basketball season in the WNBA. So in hindsight, what can you tell us?
1: I'm grateful for the school that I chose. Mm-hmm. Um being under that kind of, you know, I don't even know. It's not even stress. Just being under a, a, in a program that, where they push you to your to your best, where you had to adjust, where you had to, you know, be outside yourself and grow. Uh, I don't think I would have done as well as I would have going coming from another school. And that's not to knock any other schools. I think that's just person what I needed. Um, so credit to those, those that coaching staff that had you there. <laughs> and um, yeah, like I said, I don't I don't think I'm the player that I am without them.
0: And there's some exciting stuff happening at UConn. First, they're heading back to the Big East. We saw AZ Fudd's major announcement that she's committing to UConn. And then we have Paige Beckers, who's starting her freshman season
1: at UConn.
0: What advice do you have for Paige?
1: I would say not take what he says with a grain of salt, because he has a way of saying things. It's like it's going to get under your skin and stuff like that. But just know who you are. Like, you know, she knows she's the best freshman in the country. She knows that. Yeah. She knows she can be a top 10 player in the country as a freshman if she wanted to. Mm-hmm. So just go in there, do your work, and know who you are. Don't let him get under your skin because it's going to happen. That's what he wants to do is to push you, just make you better.
0: Now, UConn is very well represented in the WNBA. Your former UConn teammate, Nafisa, who also won Rookie of the Year the previous year, is now your Minnesota Lynx teammate, What was it like to reunite with her
1: it was great you know she i've said it since day one she's made my job a whole lot easier i can throw the ball just about anywhere she's gonna go get it she runs the floor hard she knows the game well too so she she makes the simple play and that's something that i love being a point guard
0: and staying on the topic of former uconn players who are now in the WNBA. Um, This season, the league dedicated its 2020 season to social justice and Black Lives Matter. I think about players like Maya Moore, and Renee Montgomery, who said that before they decided to make their big decision of not playing and using their platform to raise awareness on issues like criminal justice and voter suppression, they actually spoke to Coach Ariema to give them advice. What does that say about the culture at UConn?
1: They they develop us on and off the court. You know, we're not just basketball players there um we do community service we we take classes on diversity and things like that we're not just there to put a ball in a hoop and i think that's that's where the part of growing comes in from them and that's credit to cd she she really makes a a really great effort in doing that even on the days we don't want to but you know it really helps us when we get out of college
0: sticking with the 2020 w nba season what was your overall experience like in the wobble being isolated um, at IMG Academy, having to play these games when knowing in the outside world, there is so much chaos and a global pandemic that we're dealing with as a society.
1: Right. Um, I think it went without saying that made it kind of hard going into it in the first place because we knew there was so much going on outside. So the biggest question I felt like for most people, was should we even be going? Mm-hmm. Um, but we all made the decision to go down there and play because you know that's our jobs, and we wanted to you know still use our voice, use our platform. So um, once we got there, I think the first couple of weeks everyone had was high energy. And then third, fourth week, going into a month or so, everyone was like, hmm. <laughs> it got hard. You know, um, it's it's weird being in a bubble. You feel isolated. Like, like I said, you have to readjust to you know the public when you leave and it's you see the same people every day you fall into a routine so it's easy to it's easy to slip mentally when you're in there so I think that's what makes us professionals we're able to stay on top of our game find things that make us great um and separate us so we can still do our jobs
0: in just your rookie season you were able to lead your team to clinch a playoff berth this has been a season of overcoming people's expectations what was that experience like to be able to reach a postseason without having necessarily a smooth transition from college to the pros
1: um well one it just happened really fast but the it as a whole um that's what i loved about the entire season because we weren't pegged to make the playoffs we were like in the bottom four and I remember either like the first or second practice that we had, we were all looking at each other. No one had said anything like from the beginning. But no one had. in the second practice, we were like, "No, oh, they got us like 10th. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were like, "Okay, we can we can go out here and hoop and show what we're made of." You know, we're, yeah, we're one of the younger teams, um, inexperienced players that are in their third, fourth year. But we we trusted our coaching staff. We gelled in training camp. And, you know, we just did out there, went out there and did our best. You know, defensively is where we wanted to hang our hat on. Some games we weren't as good as we wanted to be, but that's where we, you know, we put ourselves in good positions to win games, and that's what we ended up doing, whether they be close or by a bigger margin.
0: During the season, was there ever a moment where you came to realization that, one, you were in the pros and doing everything that you dreamed of, and you got to play against some of the greatest Generational talent in the history of women's basketball.
1: Um, there were a couple of times it kind of hit me. There were many games I was like, "Oh, I feel like I'm dreaming out here." Um, but when you're in the heat of the moment, not so much. But like when a, it's a dead ball, or you see them walking back and forth from halftime, or anything like that, you're like, "Oh, you're really doing this!" Like Angel McCautry speaking to me after games, things like that. I'm like. <laughs> like, this is something else. It's, it's It was unreal for me.
0: What are some of the things that Angel McCautry said to you after your games?
1: She said, she told me that she really liked my game and that she just told me to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, no one expected me to be doing it. So she was really proud of me and happy to see it.
0: What statement do you think that you've made in your rookie season?
1: Um, Just that I'm a competitor. Uh, I think... It's different when you you know, have a fight and you you wanna win, but when you can compete and compete at a high level, especially with the season that we had, it's a different type of player. And that's what I want um, to carry, want, want something to be carried with that season that I had um, and moving forward as well. Now for the less
0: serious questions. <laughs> um, I want our audience to get to know you a little bit better um, outside of basketball. So my first question, what is something that people may not know about
1: you? Um, probably that I play video games. I don't think, I don't think I look like a person that plays video games. I don't think I look like a person that does a lot of things that I do. So that will probably be one of them.
0: What's your favorite video game? What are you playing right now?
1: Right now I'm really stuck on Madden. Okay. I just got it. I'm really late, but I'm stuck on Madden. Other than that, it had been like Dragon Ball Z games, Tekken. Fighting games.
0: Well, the WNBA is definitely increasing their presence in the esports and gaming world shout out to Ariel Powers, Alexis Jones, Brittany Griner, all of the players who are um, taking the lead with that. Also, NBA 2K announced that it would enhance the features of the WNBA and the next generation game. They, uh, created a franchise player mode, uh, my player mode, a three versus three multiplayer online mode. So what does it feel like to know that you are in a video game?
1: It was actually crazy. I came <laughs> back, I was at the airport. I was waiting to be picked up fresh from the bubble. And this guy was like, you're in the WNBA. I'm like, yes, like, soda. Yes. You're in 2K. I was like, yes, I am. And so he was like calling his friends. He was like, guys, we have to play Minnesota. And it was the coolest thing ever because that's the first time you get something like that. And to be a rookie, it was even, even more special.
0: What does it mean to you to not only have young girls and women look up to you, but also young boys and men look up to you as a female
1: athlete? It's, it's special, you know, because there's, there's so many barriers that still have to be broken down. That's nice. So um, you know, I don't think they can just be limited to looking at guys. You know, women, the WNBA, we play some great basketball. So for them to you know uh, inch their way forward to towards us is is going to be good for the game.
0: All right, my next less serious question: um, If you weren't playing basketball professionally, what career path would you have taken?
1: I mean, if does it have to be another sport? Can it can be no, anything, anything. Okay. Designing shoes, for sure.
0: Your favorite pre-game hype song? Glow baby. The TV show you're currently binge watching?
1: Um, I'm trying to catch up with Grey's Anatomy. Um, <laughs> I'm really late to that. Um, <laughs> oh so yeah, trying to catch up with that.
0: Nice. And the last item
1: you splurged on? Um, I think it was candy, honestly. <laughs> Please tell me, please tell me you don't like candy corn. I know your teammate Erica McCall
0: is obsessed with candy corn. Please.
1: (laughs) Um, I can have it in moderation. I cannot have too much of it or otherwise it makes me sick. I credit her because she can eat it. She loves it, but, um, no, it, I'm not, I don't hate candy corn. I don't love it. It's just something I can have.
0: He's gonna kill me for saying that about candy corn, by the way. But uh, what's <laughs> your favorite candy then? Uh, Sour Skittles. All Sour. right. So that concludes our not so rapid fire round of questioning, getting to know Crystal Dangerfield a little bit more. And my last question to you, Crystal, is: What are you looking forward to
1: most next season? Uh, just the improvement that my team makes. Um, I think we learned. Everyone learned a lot this season. So coming back, we'll also add ceiling. So that's going to be a huge help. And I think we can make a lot more noise this season.
0: Well, thank you so much, Crystal, again, for hanging out with me today on Kicking It With Christina. It's been such a pleasure to recap the 2020 WNBA season, talk about your experience at UConn, and getting to know you a little bit more in the rapid fire questions. All right, thank you. <laughs>